Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ah, the Germans. The Germans. So... So, yeah, so I've been busy all week at work because I've been trying to, you know, sue the Germans. Is it like a German company or what? Yeah, it's a German company that we're mm-hmm. trying to. Well, actually, we have sued them, but they have an American office. But now all, their, all the subject employees are in Germany. And strangely enough, they write shit down in German. I mean, that's totally inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to Google Translate, you know, stuff. So. Uh, I was trying to think of what, like a, a notable German company. It's not a notable German company. Okay. It's a notable company, but they have, you know, it's their German office, basically. So I got you. So, but I will not reveal what well, company we're. It probably wouldn't be very professional of you. No, it probably wouldn't. <laughs> and the sneaky good podcast is totally about professionalism. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> We are nothing if not professional. <laughs> so yeah, with that, you almost had the intro there. Welcome to the Sneaky Good Podcast. Poser, Stan. We're talking about the Germans. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to play host for the day. Yeah, you can play host. I'm okay with that. I think you're much better at it. Well, thank you. Mm. Oh my gosh! As usual, we have a tightly planned podcast today. We decided on nothing to talk about. Yeah, we literally actually. I don't think we barely talked this week because normally we at least we try and run stuff by each other on DMs and stuff like that. And like, I've been busy. I I haven't. I, I have. I have written a few articles i've got them up on the site and that's pretty much it like i'm kind of disengaged this week you had enough time for an auburn hate piece which is always oh, a yeah. joy oh, you know I, I will never let people down with an auburn hate piece <laughs> um which did not include fuck Ch- Chaz ramsey and i do feel bad about that so that is my fault that should have been included that's you got in the comments it's all right yeah yeah i mean clean, i cleaned it up but still that that's an important one I didn't get it, but I did like my line of doink and doink and doink and doink yeah. and finally doink. <laughs> that was good. I was at that game. It was great. Oh, man. I was one of the ones I took my college friends to. That was a lot of fun. That is a good one to go to. Um, actually, on Twitter, uh, Cole Kublik. Yeah. I was going to – he tweeted all those old photos. Yeah, he's been talking all night about the 1999 game, which is, you know, it's long enough ago that it's kind of cool. Yeah, I wish he didn't thread them. I wish he would have just for yeah. access. But I was going to retweet one and say, like, 
go check out his feed because it's really cool. Even though that game was, you know, bad note for us. He he watch, he he hashtagged it though. So if you tweet out one, he puts a hashtag and That's a true. lot. So you can find his stuff. Yeah, it was really cool. And also, I like when he pointed out that Donardo was the coach. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I mean, it was a long time ago when Auburn beat LSU in Tiger Stadium. Yeah. Been a year or two. Yeah. It was literally last century. That's unbelievable. It really is because Auburn's been a good team pretty much that entire time. Yeah. I mean, they won a national title in that span. And, well, we've won two, but still. Exactly. That's the story of LSU and Auburn. And also, it, it was a really heated rivalry Really, in 99, like from the late 90s to the mid-aughts, it was maybe the SEC's best rivalry. I feel like you get these – so these two games, we get them back-to-back this year. I don't think they're always back-to-back, but at least for the last decade or so, the Florida game is pretty much consistently a really good game. It's always yes. competitive, close, no matter what you know which way either team is going. It seems to always be a good game. The Auburn game, just some crazy shit happens. Or it's like a disaster for the other, like for the loser, you know? I think that's a very good way to say it because either crazy shit or it's just a total debacle. Yeah. So we're rooting for crazy shit because if it's going to be a debacle for anyone. And, but it's always a debacle for the road team. It's never a debacle. Like, I can't. Well, 99 was the last one. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the last time it was a debacle for the home team. You know, it's I can't like, think of. We never go there and like beat their brains in. They just. When we go there, it's crazy and close, and yeah, it's, it's or they just obliterate us. <laughs> yeah. It is a great series. It really, and it doesn't have the background of a lot of college football rivalries where there's a little bit of like mutual respect and like long time thing. Like even as much as people say they hate Ole Miss, I don't know. It goes back to like the fifties and sixties, and it's kind of a fathers and sons kind of thing. And while we like rubbing Billy Cannon in their face, those 1960s Ole Miss teams were great. Yeah. Like it's hard for me to hate Vaught Hemingway. Like I wasn't alive when he was doing anything. Um, so there's at least a little bit of, Hey, this is a classic rivalry when you play Ole Miss, even if you hate them. Auburn, there's none of that. This rivalry started in 1992. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, I mean, I know there's the earthquake game in 88, but, you know, it's not like we played every year between 88 and 92. 92 is really when these teams started playing, right when the SEC expanded. And so there's not that foundation of history. It's just pure hatred. It's great. I, I really love the Auburn rivalry. Yeah, just doing a quick search, we have 50 total matchups, 51. Yeah, something like that. And then with Bama, it's more, you know, like eight in the 80s. And remember that. We've played every year since 92, so we've played – 25 before the sec expanded we'd only played them 25 times that's not a lot that is not a lot at all so yeah the first 100 years of tiger football we played them on average one in every four years should we at least uh we got a little excited about auburn which is my fault yeah no it's okay probably talk about florida right yeah we should probably talk a little bit about that game it was kind of important (laughs) (laughs) it's it's fun to be a winner I mean, I think that's the first thing. Uh, yeah, winning is always better than losing. <laughs> no matter how ugly it is or fortunate it was, which I would say was both. It was a little fortunate. Um, yeah. I mean, look, LSU did stake itself out to a lead where they put themselves in a position to be fortunate. 
yeah, it wasn't just like outright fortune, but yeah. damn, missing an extra point is like a hell of a way to go out. Particularly from a, from a really kicker. reliable kicker. Yeah. But also, he missed the extra point in the third quarter. Yeah, they had plenty of time. Yeah, it's not like you lost because you missed an extra point. You yeah. lost because you couldn't do anything in the fourth quarter. Also, when it happened, I think the reaction was mostly sort of like tee-hee. But yeah. like most LSU fans at that point felt like we were in a free fall. And so it was like, well, here we go. Like this is when it all – the bottom falls out. Yeah. No, We'd given up the back-to-back 70-plus-yard touchdown drives. Yeah, because when LSU went up 17-3, I, I don't want to say the game was over, but I was feeling pretty confident. Yeah, I think I told my wife, I was like, man, like if we get another drive and three points, I think the game's over. Like I don't think yeah, it's it, – It was like there's no way Florida's going to score 20 points. Yeah, they're just not good enough on offense. What, and then were, but. for them not to just score two touchdowns, but to score two touchdowns on long, sustained drives back-to-back yeah. was just – ugh. What a kick in the nuts. Yeah, really like the only time all day our defense just really fell out. I mean, they had a couple moments where they gave up some chunk plays in the first half, but Yeah, no, they were they were playing really well the first half. They had an awful third quarter. They just, really did. Just abysmal. And then uh Devin White uh took the team on the sideline, gave a Jamal Adams style pump up speech, and they were awesome in the fourth quarter. Just awesome. Yeah, how great is that kid? Uh oh. I'm feeling pretty good about my pick that he was going to be our team MVP. Yeah, you know, I obviously as a, the recruiting guy, uh, I've always liked him. I thought he could, he could be a star. I did not know he was going to end up being like this type of leader for the team. You yeah, know? Like, I thought he would just be like one of our great players. I, I'm I'm like that as well. I mean, I did not know he would be a team leader this this year, but he has really stepped into the role. Yeah, I mean to he, to like go to. To O and be like, you need to hold me more accountable. When he's like been the best player on the team, arguably, yeah, he's he, pretty unbelievable. He has been great, and I thought he would have a really good year. I think you know, mainly because I liked our linebackers, just in a sense that I thought there was a lot of talent there. You would have two edge rush guys, but yep. we always put a lot of pressure on our middle linebackers. So there's a chance to be great if you're a middle linebacker at LSU. Yeah. Minter and Beckwith, I think, were both very good players, but I'd put them a notch below great, if that I makes agree. any sense. I totally agree. You know, I, I, that's not to knock them as players. I think they're both very, very good players. But they just quite didn't have that it. But they still racked up a ton of tackles because that's kind of how our system works. So I thought Devin White was the kind of player who could have these monster numbers, but he's also in the middle of the defense. So it's just going to be with his talent and our system, he was – a pretty obvious breakout candidate, I thought, but I did not even see this level of breakout happening. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, he. I mean, I think everyone kind of pinned him to like become a very good player this year, but I don't think necessarily anyone thought he would be like this. Yeah, which, like, uh, I think he's like top ten nationally in tackles, which I know tackles, tackles are tackles, and I know it's a debated stat, but it can be misleading. But it is and isn't, if that makes yeah. any sense. Um, is the best way to say it. Um, I mean, we're watching him every week. He's everywhere. Like he's yeah, on every play. Hey, look, I, I I I picked him to make the All SEC team, so he's on pace for that. He's been great. So nice. I, I feel validated in at least one pick. You're you're genius. No, just on that because everything else has pretty much gone badly for me. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
I had a segment in the, in the big game preview for award watch. And now it's just a segment so I can just take pot shots at people. Like I got nothing. <laughs> That's all big game preview is good for anyways. I mean, I was just like, Oh, I was hoping this would be a year where I could like keep track of Darius Geis's rushing numbers and Arden key sack. No, it's not. It's now just a chance for me to talk about Darius Geis's Twitter feed. <laughs> Man, that was, I did that uh, two years ago with Leonard when he was having his amazing sophomore year. And it was a lot of fun until November, obviously. And then it was yeah. just like, I, I think I posted it after the, the week after the Bama game, but I just didn't have the heart to do it after that. Yeah. Because I was just like, this is too sad now. Yeah, God, it went, it, it has been, it's been a rough year. And with, you know, Troy looking like they're going to lose to South Alabama as we record this. Yeah, I think they did lose. Ah, oh, God, it's, it's getting a little bit worse. It just reminds you that, Else, you lost to a really bad football team. Yeah, yeah, and I, we said it before the game, and so I think it's great that we beat Florida. I thought we would beat Florida. I'm happy that we beat Florida, and I think it was important in its own way. I also don't think it really says much about the quality of this team. Like, I, I will say it doesn't say much about the quality of the team. I do think it says something about the team's heart. And yeah. Uh, It was a really gritty win, which is something this team – look, I've come on pretty much every week and said this team has no heart. And then they really gutted out a win. And so that meant a lot to me. It it wasn't just that they won. It was how they won. They they played hard. They played tough. And then also things started to not go their way and they actually responded positively. Yep. Absolutely. And that was something that was nice to see. Like they blew a 14-point lead in – like 15 minutes of real time. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't throw on the towel. They just kept churning at it and eventually came away with a victory. I thought that was a really – that was the statement. Like this team was still trying. They were playing hard. And also I did enjoy like all their little videos afterwards. You can tell it meant something to them. Yeah. yeah. And look, heart and guts will not be enough to beat Auburn. Auburn's a much better team than Florida. Yeah, I, I have grave concerns about this weekend. But they had to show heart and guts to beat anybody, if yep. that makes any sense. Like, that's step one. I think step one was trying hard, which we hadn't gotten to yet. Now that we got trying hard, now let's actually play to our ability levels. Yeah, I think in getting a win like that and just sort of having the breaks ultimately go your way, making some of your own breaks, you know, for a younger team – it can turn the corner for them. You know, this can be a building block to where they can say, you know what, like we can do this. We can get this done and not like, instead you're not turning back on like, oh yeah, we got our asses beat by Mississippi state. That's who we are. You know, I think it wasn't so much. This was a turning point is that this prevented it from going down the mudslide. Yep. If they would have lost to Florida, I think they would have fallen off a cliff. I, I really think there was no recovery from that, and we were staring a really bad season right in the face. Yeah, it probably would have got ugly. Yeah, because once again, I thought the team was just mentally soft. I think they would have given up. Now I'm not so concerned about that. Really, the Auburn game, I don't expect to beat Auburn, but I do think it's important just to stay close. I, I think you could still have a mental down the drain. You lose a lot of the positives you get from Florida if you lose to Auburn by four touchdowns at home. That's true. Yeah, I mean, the betting lines seem to think it'll be close. They're close-ish. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Like, just don't get embarrassed at home, I think, is the thing. There's only two good teams left on the schedule. Yes. And so really, and one of them is great, and whatever happens against Bama, I don't think it's going to carry over. Because I think everyone is pretty much conceded. Bama's going to kick the shit out of everybody. (laughs) Yeah. I would say, I think A&M might be good. I agree with you. A&M might be good. I was thinking about that earlier. They're not great, but they might be good. If you have Christian Kirk, there's there's a floor. (laughs) (laughs) True. Um, But I think the Auburn game is just – just stay in contact. And I I hate talking that way, you know, because I want to come out and say, you know, we're going to beat Auburn. We're going to kill him. And, like, when the game happens, I'm going to be there. And also I hate Auburn so much that I refuse to lose these – oh, God, stupid barn. But – they're better than us. Like right now, Armour is a better football team. Yeah. And so really this is a matter of just playing a credible game. I think if you do that, you can carry that over to the rest of October. Yeah, I agree. Like look like you belong there, which sounds yeah. like loser talk. I know, but it does. But I'm thinking about the games after this. Yes. It's mainly about keeping the positives of Florida in your mind going into Ole Miss and Tennessee. I mean, the bottom line is if if we go in there and gut out a, a ten point loss, I think it's probably a good thing, you know. Yeah. And not like Auburn went up thirty five and we scored twenty five points in the second half when they took the foot off the. But like, you know, stay close the whole game and then they get a fourth quarter touchdown to go up by ten and that's kind of the end of the game. That's I like, will take that. That's a scrappy performance. Now. It's not like Auburn's invulnerable. I, I, I don't. They're they're not on Bama's level. Nope. And look, I think their running game is amazing. And if LSU's defense has an issue, I think LSU's defense has been meh. I mean, it hasn't been awful, but it hasn't been really good either. But the way you attack LSU's defense is on the ground. If you look at about every team, yeah. teams have run at, not at will, but pretty close to it on LSU. And Auburn is a pretty bad team to go up against when you have problems stopping the run. Yeah, I mean, that's been one constant with Gus is that his teams can pretty much always run the football. So, Yeah, and, and this year's team especially is – I mean, they're just a great running team. Yep. Um, that said, I'm not totally convinced in their passing game. I still don't, you know, none of the receivers scare me. You can contain the passing game, and I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop on their uh, on their defense because we we enjoyed the Kevin Steele experience ourselves. So I refuse to believe that their defense is as good as it's looked so far. And I think part of it is that they've played Missouri, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss. But that certainly plays a major part. Uh... Level of competition is a major aspect as to why they look as good as they have in recent weeks. Um, as much as the narrative has been like, look at Auburn's turned the corner and finally figured it out. And maybe, you know, there is some probably some truth to that. I do think Gus's teams tend to get better as yeah. the years and go also, on. also, look, they played Clemson to a 14-6 to game, and Clemson's badass. Yep, yep. So That's, that's the big... I mean, to me, that's the most impressive. That's line actually the, the most impressive line on the resume. Yeah. Uh, they played Clemson tough in Clemson, 
And also, look, I don't care how easy their SEC schedule has been. They still are only averaging – they're averaging less than three yards a carry allowed. That's pretty awesome. Yep. And LSU, we all know, wants to run the ball. Yeah, we have to. So LSU has got to find a passing game. And they kind of have to find it this week. If they're going to have any hope beating Auburn, it hinges on the passing game on both sides. You need to contain Auburn's passing game. Maybe Stidham makes some mistakes, throw some picks, keeps you in the game. And then on the other side, I don't know why Etling is regressing so much, but he he's like a half step off on everything. It's sort of like, you know, when he threw it's two weeks ago, he threw Sullivan just out of bounds. You know, Darrell Williams is open and he throws a, a step too long. Like the throws there. He makes the read, and then he's just slightly off. And that one step off is just it, – it's getting a little bit worse with every game. Yeah, that's my concern. I, I'd be, to, to me, I mean I wrote about this today, so I don't think I need to go on and on about this. But it's been, what, like 20-something games now? So you, he just kind of is what he is. And no, I, but what's weird is like we're used to quarterbacks regressing. Yeah. And it was always like, oh, well, this guy won't regress because this time this is different and this time is different. And then eventually when Les Miles got fired, we're just like, well, the one constant was Les Miles. Yeah. So like we're done with that. You know, Les is gone. We now have a senior quarterback. We're going to see quarterback improvement because that's how quarterbacks are supposed to progress. And the one constant is finally gone. And then sure enough, he still regresses. It's like maybe it's. You know, the color of a helmet. I don't understand <laughs> why. And it's it seems like it's only LSU quarterbacks that do this. Every single one of them in their second year as a starter regresses. And it's been with different offensive coordinators. This is like the fourth offensive coordinator this has happened with. Yeah. We're now on the second head coach. I don't get it. I don't either. I, uh yeah, I don't. I really don't know. I mean, the, the best explanation, I guess, you could provide is, you know, Edling found success last year when teams didn't really have tape on him. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know what football reasons you could get for it because we also went through off season of saying, well, he's healthy yeah. now, you know, yeah. and, and so there was a lot of optimism there with what him being healthy, him being a senior, being with Canada, who can do some innovative things. Yeah, and it's, and it's just still sort of. Uh, and I will say he hasn't been awful. Well, he was awful in the first half against Florida. Like that was probably his worst half of football in his career at LSU. Yeah, that first half was just dreadful. But you look at his numbers. You know, he's completing sixty percent of his passes, and you know, in SEC play, he's pretty close to sixty percent as well. Yeah, he's a little bit under. Um, he's. Overall, he's at uh, nine yards per, you know, he's at nine yards per attempt, which is solid. It's not like, you know, you know, uh, it's not right home about, but at the same time, it's not, it's not bad. And in conference, he's, um, this is where he kind of has the problem. In conference, he's about six yards, you know, six yards per attempt. I think but he's taking care, he's taking care of the football. He's, he's been... He hasn't been awful. We're not. He hasn't had a Brandon Harris like meltdown. Not quite. He did have a couple games of you know. He's had a couple passes that probably should have been intercepted here and there. 
I agree with that. I, a lot of people want to call him a game manager, and I'm a little hesitant on that just because, to me right now, the the passing game is like chunk plays or nothing. Like we're not really – yeah. We can't move the ball consistently as a passing team. Um, and I, I think there are other issues to that. Like our offensive line clearly has not been recruited to be great pass blockers. Like yeah. that's, they are hanging them out to dry, but he's yeah. also making terrible reads. Yeah. It's, so it's, I mean, there's some explanation to all of it, I guess, but I, I wish we were more efficient passing. Like I would give up the big plays in the passing game if he could just move the chains a lot. Because I think that I, would make us pretty lethal. I totally agree with that. If he could just be completing those medium routes, 10 yards, 15 yards, those kind of plays, I'd give up the 40-yarders. But like Entling in a nutshell was in Florida at the end of – when he almost threw that pick at the end of the first half. Yeah. You, you know, when he, I mean it was right at the Florida defender. Not only did he throw it directly at a Florida defender – in the camera shot, like what you're watching on TV, you can see Sullivan standing 20 yards downfield wide fucking open. <laughs> and I don't just mean he was wide open. I mean he was wide fucking open. <laughs> and there's just so many plays like that where he just makes clearly the wrong read. And a read so bad that – me sitting on my couch drinking <laughs> spots the open receiver. <laughs> and I realize I don't have, you know, really fast guys running trying to hit me. But I'm also watching on TV and I don't really have like the full field to look at. And I'm like, wow, that guy's really open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like that normally doesn't happen. <laughs> so, I, yeah, Etling has been – he just keeps getting worse. And that's the concerning thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he started off the year, you know, had a great game against Brigham Young, who turned out to be terrible. Yep. And, you know, even – okay, he was awful against Mississippi State. But, like, Syracuse, like, even though he wasn't good, he – you know, he had a couple of those big chunk plays to salvage the effort. And he ended up with near 200 yards. He threw two touchdowns. I mean, like, there were positives out of that. And really the big positive out of Florida – and. I know you're making fun of it, but I still think it's a big deal was, God, that was a gutty game by him. And for a team that hasn't had any guts, we needed that. But that's a one-week thing. We needed it for a week. Now you need someone who can actually throw the ball. Yeah, I think that uh, – I tried to not make fun of it because I I, I agree with you that I pre- – like I appreciate that about him. I just want him to be good. <laughs> That's all. No, I mean, I want him to be good as well. Like, uh, he, he needs to be better. And this is where we get into the Miles Brennan discussion. And my biggest concern with Miles Brennan is I'm looking at Alabama on the schedule. Yeah. And if I'm managing the quarterbacks, I want to make sure that Miles Brennan is not my starting quarterback when I play Alabama on the road behind that offensive line. Because he's gonna get killed. Yeah, I mean they're not like a an incredible pass rushing team. Yeah, but they are just a great defense. Yeah, and with that off with our offensive line, yeah, that's dangerous. So I want him to get more looks. It'd be nice if he could get against Auburn. I probably won't happen unless it's a blowout. Either way, um, but Ole Miss, Tennessee, I'd like to see him get a series or two here and there. 
after the Alabama game, that's when I want him to get the job because I think that's when you're clearly playing for next year. With If everything goes right and this is the knock on wood moment, you're already bowl eligible at that point. If you lose to Alabama, you're out of the SEC race. So you're in a bowl game, but you have nothing to play for. November is your play for next year month. Yeah. Yeah, I totally so, agree. I mean, that, that's the ideal scenario. I mean, I, obviously I'm being more aggressive in what I put forward, but I, I'm not an idiot. I understand the concerns, and I know. I watched Miles when he came in too. Like, yeah, he looked like a freshman. You know, he made yeah. dumb mistakes. He did. He was slow to get out of the huddle. Like, I'm not ignoring those things. I know he's going to make those mistakes. I just, at some point, I'm like, when do you? What's the trade off? You know how how poor does Etling have to play before you say, "Fuck it, I can deal with those mistakes." You know. And mine is when it will not damage his future development and that means avoiding the Alabama game like my avoiding of the Alabama game is very much about his future development because if you look at the freshman quarterbacks LSU has been forced to play over the last decade and then them all falling apart after their freshman year it is always because of some traumatic experience they have their freshman year and I don't think it's just playing as a freshman that makes it traumatic you need that game that's traumatic and I will do whatever I can to avoid Miles Brennan having that trauma. And maybe that's being overly cautious, but it's been a decade of every time we play a freshman, they have one game that sticks with them for their entire career. Yeah. So I, I want to avoid. I, like I'll admit it. That is, I am thinking Brandon Harris on the road at Auburn. I'm thinking, um, you know, Jarrett Lee. Uh, throwing all the you know pick sixes, I'm thinking you know well, Jordan Jefferson kind of got away from it. It wasn't until a sophomore year that he started to have. Um, I'm thinking Anthony Jennings. Like I need guy. I want a guy to avoid that terrible first impression. And they've done a pretty good job of it so far. Miles Brown's gotten time, but he hasn't. You know he he doesn't have an experience where he's going to go to it. You know go to his grave being I can't believe that game. Um, what I want to avoid is like, you know, playing Bama and having him get hit 20 times. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I can buy into is for why not to play Miles. Uh, because I've been a somewhat – I've been challenging this notion before and I've, before this year even that like our fans are so wounded from all these bad quarterbacks that like we just are, assume any young quarterback takes the field is going to fail. Um in, in concern of this year, I would say the major problem is that we don't run the ball as well as we usually do. So the best way you normally protect a young quarterback is you run the shit out of the ball and you let him make yeah. easy throws. You stay ahead of schedule. But that's the same sort of thing we have to do with that link. So it's just it, – it's an interesting dilemma. I'm curious what the coaches think in the film room because I feel like they probably want Miles in there. But they I, – I think they, they do know. too. But I'm more worried about – a a breakdown that isn't his fault. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to have a Jarrett Lee, like, you know, pick six disaster. I'm more worried about, you know, the offensive line, just not being able to block anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have not, they have not played well enough to earn a reputation for being, you know, thinking that they could support him. I mean, cause you look at it like in the NFL, like guys who get, you know, you, you put a rookie out there, 
gets sacked eight times and then for the rest of his career he has happy feet. Yeah. That's not an uncommon thing. So, yeah, there, there is the fact that I think LSU fans have been beaten down by that. Uh, but also, I, I don't think it's too out of out of left field to say, I want to do what I can to avoid Miles Brennan having to play in Tuscaloosa. It would even be a different thing if they are playing in Baton Rouge. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it, that is the game that's looming. It, it still, would be nice to see him this weekend just because it's a really good I, defense, you know, and you get to see what he – how does he fare in that, against that sort of competition? I would love to see him get some snaps. I totally agree. But – and also, look, even if you're, we're delaying him starting, there's still games after Alabama. There's what? I think we play three games after Alabama. I'm not looking at yep. the schedule. Yeah. So if he can get three starts under his belt plus a bowl game, that's four starts in his freshman year. I, I think that's a pretty good timetable for him. For sure. Plus all of the early you know, getting into the game as a in relief, getting meaningful snaps. I'm not – I agree with you that I think the coaches really want Miles Brennan to seize this job. That said, also when he's been given the chance, he hasn't really taken the bull by the horns. He hasn't made the coaches' decisions difficult. Yeah, he's he's played well but not like incredibly. Right. It's been easy to keep him on the bench. How about that? And sure. it was, you know, There's no one calling them like, oh my god, this guy's so good. How are you – and I think that's why it's going to be easy to ease him into the starting. But yes, I I do agree at the end of the day that Miles Brennan should be our starter when we play Texas A&M. I hope so. I mean, the other interesting wrinkle, of course, is now Etling is injured again. They haven't yeah. really talked about it this week, but O mentioned it, and so I'm yeah. Like, hmm. And if Etling's injured, that changes everything. Then, of course, you play Brennan. I'm not so paranoid of a bad game in Tuscaloosa that I would, you know, play McMillan over him. Yeah. I mean, there comes a point that Brennan's your number two. Yeah, he's he's the backup. Brennan's going in. I I, I agree with that. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, on the note of this, I mean, Etling ties into this because the Auburn game was sort of his breakout last year where people started to – and did he start that game, or did he just come on in relief of? No, he came on the, in relief the week before, right? Last what, year, right yeah, at like, Yeah, I think he came in relief. Um, at any rate, he played decently well. Took some tough shots. I mean, he started the whole tough Danny yeah. reputation. He threw the game when he touched down. You know, however you want to go on that play. Um, yeah. So there's some. There was a lot of reason to be motivated to beat Florida. And I feel like there's some good motivation to beat Auburn, too. And not just, like, motivation to beat every team, but there's some angst from last year's loss. You know, like a game that they should have won. They felt like they probably did win, but they didn't yeah. get. I, I, yeah, I think they feel like they won that game and it got robbed from them. Yeah. So I, you got to hope that that plays into it. And I'm saying all that because it ties to Adling too, because he was on the field. He was the quarterback for that game. So uh, yeah, a little extra impetus for him to play well this weekend too. Yeah, no, I, this is a, Auburn is better, but this is a winnable football game. Like this is not, I do not think of Auburn as a as a juggernaut. Yeah. This is not the Alabama game. Yeah. I, and Auburn so far, everything in their season has gone right. 
and they now have a couple of big blowout victories under their belt. And look, LSU does not really have a good win under its belt. They could really – if they win this game, it really changes the tenor of the season. Yeah, uh, big time. Yeah. Right? And then if this season, you know, if you can play out the stretch fairly well, this year's a success. So yeah. I think there's a, a lot on the line here. Um, so I, I think there definitely is that motivation. I, I don't want this team to come in flat, and I think their biggest issue has been – Mental rather than physical. And I think they'll care about the Auburn game. I'm excited, too, to get Heron back. I think that's a bigger piece than people have talked about. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I've tweeted about it and written about it, but, like, they named him a co-starter. Like, they, they were counting on him being a major factor in this defense. And he has not played because of, you know, whatever he did. Uh, and yeah, so, I mean, you know, you hope he's stayed focused and stayed in shape. I feel like he's got six games. I think I, I DM'd you this, but like he's got six games to basically prove he's an NFL talent. I mean, yeah. he, he hasn't so had a career worth being drafted at this, to this point. So he's got six games to prove that he should be drafted by somebody. There's a, yeah. there's a lot to play for personally, which can really impact a lot. Really can impact. I'm really, I think the biggest problem for O has been personnel wise other than the offensive line which has just been a disaster um, has been that his two best players his best player on each side of the ball has just not shown up this year for different reasons but it's hard to play when you're missing your best player on each side of the ball yeah and it's kind of like this is the second straight year we've been derailed by having our star running back have a nagging injury the entire season yeah, what a bummer. It really is. Like, I'm not just saying that as an LSU fan. I'm just saying that as just a fan of football. Like, I kind of feel like we got robbed of Fournette's final year. For sure. And now we're being robbed of Geisus. Right. And I would have liked to have seen – and I'm not saying it would have been okay had it happened to Fournette had we gotten Geis. But if it had just been Fournette, you would have been like, okay, well, that's just how football goes. You know, every so often a guy gets hurt. Yep. You know, but we still get to enjoy Geis, who's an incredible talent. But to lose both of them in back-to-back years, just it just seems too cruel. It stings. It sucks when you're watching highlights and seeing like Saquon Barkley get run, and uh, he by all you know he he's due. He, yeah, he's awesome. He's yeah. awesome. Like we're not. Uh, it just sucks to know that like Geis should be in that mix, like doing the things that Barkley and Bryce Love are doing, but instead he's. You know, he's hampered. He's playing tough when he just gets in there, but he's clearly yeah. not the same guy. Yeah, he, he's a, he had one moment in the Florida game where you saw a little flash, and even then it was just a flash. It wasn't even yeah. a full play. And, yeah, he's just – he's not Darius Geis. Yeah, it sucks. And it sucks for him because you know he wants to, to do it. Yeah, for sure. You know, like, you know, Fournette missed out on that whole year. And then, you know, he's out there in the NFL, you know, calling people out, <laughs> you know, running, doing a little, uh, you know, oh, point at the, uh, it's, it's just awesome. And man, I love Leonard Fournette, but I love Darius guys too. He's just a really fun running back. I, I just, I wanted to have a year to enjoy him and it was going to be his year. Like it was like, he was the focal point. Yeah. I mean, I think they and, built the offense around him. Which is probably part of the reason we're having trouble with that, too. And it kind of sucks to miss out on that, you know, when you're the guy. Because that's an enjoyable thing. This is when football – 
this was likely, had he not gotten hurt, going to be the most enjoyable year of football in his entire career. And that includes the pros, because the, the further up you get up the ladder, the less fun football becomes. Well, yeah, it's work. Because it becomes more and more of a job. Yeah. But being the focal point of a big NCAA, SEC power program, being the guy, I mean, that's what you dream of. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the most fun you'll have. You know, you'll be a national figure. You know you're going to the NFL next year. I mean, it's it's – that's the thing that, you know, in 30 years, you'll be telling your kids that was the best year of my life. And he's missing that. And that sucks. It, it really sucks for him. It does. And, and there's no – it's also just like – It's not his fault. Yeah. And he's it's just hard. sort of chained. Like there's no, there's no out of it either until next year. Like he's just got this ankle injury, injury or whatever it is. I don't. They've never really said what it is, have they? Yeah, they haven't said what it is. Like with Burnett, we knew it was the ankle, but with Geis, we're guessing it's the ankle. Yeah, just because it's, those it's, are the the nagging Yeah, it's types. the telltale. It, it, it just seems like an ankle, and takes a year. I mean, that's just it. It is what it is, and that sucks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I mean, I don't – I had – like last – if we were going to do parting shots on how we beat Auburn, I think you had the formula pretty well. You need Stidham to make some mistakes. You need the Kevin Steele defense to be the real Kevin Steele defense. Uh, yeah. You need to run the ball better than you have been. Um, you need Danny to be more consistent. I mean, that yep. all of those things have to come into play. I think you need like a, a bit of a yeoman's effort from your defense. They can't just they can't lapse like they did against Florida because yeah, they can't take a quarter off. Yeah, because well, Auburn is a team that could run up on that. You need some turnovers, but you also need you don't need your passing game to suddenly become you know the '90s Bills or anything like that. But you do need a passing game to show up. Yep. You you cannot beat Auburn being one dimensional. If the 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 LSU op- offense as is operates best, and Billy would, I mean, say this and be happy to be cheerleading this, but and I know this is true of almost every offense, but like when we're on schedule, we're in pretty good shape. If we're getting yes. into like third and shorts, this offense can be effective, both running and passing. I think that's a down that Danny can manage. It's when you get sort of third and five plus that it's becomes an iffy proposition. Yep. I'm and with you. So when we're not on schedule, it, everything sort of falls onto Etling and he's not delivered to this point. So he's going to have to make a couple of those throws. I mean, Auburn's a good pass rushing team. They're going to make plays. So Yeah. I don't need him to throw for 300 yards, but I need him to throw, you know, for 150 to 200. And not just in garbage time. He needs to throw for... 200 real yards. Yeah, I want to see us sustain some drives in the first half and get uh, Auburn off balance. I mean, that'd be that would be yeah. set us up for a good second half too. Yes, I, I I totally agree. And you got, I mean, we saw more of the jet sweeps this week, which I guess should we talk about this? I don't know. Rumor. I'm going to call it a rumor. Uh, okay. This rumor of. Well, it's two parts. There's the uh, leave a watching film with O, which is just, to me, very weird. 
Uh, it's just really bizarre. But and then the second part, point, of course, is that the the meeting last week was basically Joe telling Oliva, or Joe Oliva telling O, stay out of the offensive defense and let them do their thing. I will say I I believe the first rumor, but not the second. Once again, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. Well, like I wasn't in the room, but um. I think they're both sourced to Chris Landry. Is that right? Yeah. Is, yes. Is they're both from him? Chris Landry has a tendency to make himself more important than he is. <laughs> Shocker. I mean, that's kind of his big thing. And But my thing is, how would he know? That's That was what I said. Like, I had two people text me about it, and I was like, I mean, I don't know. He's not really – he's kind like, of a nobody. We, like, I, and we're nobodies. Like, he's kind yeah, of we're a nobody, nobody too. He, he's, he's more than us. I agree with that. <laughs> but, like, when he did his whole thing last week about the – you know, the secret history of the rise and fall of LSU. Yeah, I never listened to it. A lot of it was just like, look how smart I am. Yeah. Like there was a lot of just, there was some puffery of just him just being, Oh, look how important I, you know, like he was the one who wanted to hire Saban when we hired DiNardo mm-hmm. and I'm going to call bullshit right now. No, that, that did not happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Just it, it didn't, but like there's a lot of stories like, and so since he worked on the Saban staff, I don't know what he did for him, but I, I, I'm, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did something. Yeah. He needs he needs Saban to be more important than he was because that makes him look better. So that's that's his point of view, and that's fine. I'm not saying that he's lying. I'm just saying that he's blowing up, making more important the things that he had something to do with because that makes him more important, and everybody wants to be important. When, and so I was willing at least willing to listen to that because some of the things he talked about, I was like, I know he knows these things. But then as he started getting further along the story, started talking about things, I'm like, I know that's wrong because I just wrote a long thing on the Michigan story. And that's not how it happened because I have public news sources that tell me what happened. Like this didn't happen the way you're saying. So the, the further it got from his knowledge, the more talking out of his ass he was, which, you know, and also it's been a long time, you know, I don't expect him to take notes. So with that in mind, Going to the O story, like who does he know at LSU right now? Where he was, that's going to go run a Chris Landry, and it's particularly the week after he just ripped LSU. Why would anyone in that room then run to him and say, "Hey, this is what happened in that meeting"? I know. Like, I, I don't see what his source. Like, I could see someone running to like Dellinger. Sure. Like, even if Dellinger wasn't in the room, I could definitely see someone who was in the room telling him what happened. He's a beat reporter. He's there. Like, yep. if if Delhi said it, I'd believe it. But Delhi's not saying that. No. So, but like just basic common sense. I don't think the meeting was him, Aliva sitting O down and saying, hey, this is, you know, these are coordinators. And you sit down and listen. That seems way too far-fetched. Yeah, I think I mean, it, it, it's... It happen. I think it's far more probable that it was a meeting like what I said it was last week, which is basically everyone get together and just talk about what you're thinking right now and just get all the shit out there because there's clearly something not right. So let's just talk about it instead of letting it fester. I totally agree. I think that makes a lot more sense. And also it might have been Matt Canada saying, hey, look, you hired me to be the offensive coordinator. Sit your ass over there. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to coordinate. And you're like, okay, I get it. Like, you're right. I did hire you to do this. That I would believe that story. Right. That said, the other story of Oliva, like watching film and stuff, 
that's just creepy enough to believe. Like, just tease. I'll believe any terrible story about Oliva right now. <laughs> well, they, and yeah. also, like, it, it seems like that's something somebody would leak. Yeah. Like, nobody benefits from the from the first leak. From the, you know, this is what happened in the meeting. But leaking the story that Oliva is forcing, you know, is watching film with O is clearly leaked by someone to make Oliva look bad to make it easier to fire him. Yeah. And people in the building probably don't like Oliva. I'm going to go out on a limb. (laughs) (laughs) He's not the most popular guy in the world. I mean, not just an LSU athlete. I'm talking in the football building. Like, if you work in that building – you're loyal to one of two people, probably. You're either still loyal to Les or you're loyal to O. Hopefully, you're loyal to both. But let's just say it's one or the other. If you're loyal to Les, you hate Oliva because you, you know he you stabbed your guy in the back and you always hated him. If you're loyal to O, you hate him because he's undercutting him in public and trying to make himself look like the big fish. So either either point of view you have, you have incentive to leak a story to the press that makes Oliva look bad. There's interesting dynamics with it too. I mean, I think it's bizarre. I know Billy commented that like that's normal, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't buy think that. Um, there's, I mean, Owen on his radio show said Oliva's the best athletic director he's ever worked for. So you've got there's this sort of picture that they're kind of thick as thieves too, right? Like that they're sort of bonded together. Yeah. I mean, O has to be grateful to him because he gave him his shot that he's been wanting again for years. And uh, also, O could have invited him in the room for the film study, saying, hey, come on in. Yeah, and I mean, uh, that's a, a smart play on his part if he's thinking, well, Joe's going to be my boss, so I need my boss to like me for a while, because if things get rough, I need him to trust me and believe in me, even if it's rough, you know? Right. And yes. so he invites him in, and then, you know, one of the secretaries down the hall is saying, like, I hate Oliva, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to call the advocate and tell him what's going on. Yeah. So. That's also weird to me, though, because I'm like, if I was going to do that, I would not want anyone to know. Like, I would do it at the odd hours or make sure no one's in the building or keep it as that's my as thing. possible. But I still can believe someone in the building leaked that. Like, that's a story where you can – when something leaks, you pretty much always have to ask yourself who benefits from this story. Yeah. And uh, pretty much everybody benefits from leaking that story except for maybe O. And, you know, of course, not Oliva. But Oliva's running out of allies. Yeah. He th- he's, uh, at this point, it's just waiting to see who's going to have the knife in his back whenever, yeah. whenever he goes down. <laughs> it's, it's not good. So, yeah, I, I don't know. So I guess the official sneaky good opinion on this is whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one, I don't think it's true. The second one I think is true. But, meh, I don't care. How about that? That's yeah. There's nothing. It's yeah. It says people try to stir up shit. Yeah, it says more than it leaked than that it happened. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. Should we do questions? Yeah, let's do question time. And I'm supposed to remind you to do Mike the Tiger because you always forget him. And he gets mad. And he did all that fine work for us on the ATVS QBEPI this week. It's true. I fucked up last week. I actually tweeted Mike's question to the Sneaky Good account because I knew there was a chance I would forget it again. Even though I asked you to remind me, I was like, I'm going to put in two fail safes here. 
See you later, man. I remembered to remind you. There you go. So we'll do him first. You didn't even reply to that DM, so I was like, maybe he's busy and he didn't notice this. Whatever. You did. Okay. Uh, so Mike's question is actually like more of like a fun question. So Mike DeTiger wants to know, if the SEC West were punk bands, which band would each team be and why? Maybe I didn't ask this because this is totally a you question. He didn't give a shit about me. Yeah, that's a totally me question. Uh, God, that's 14 teams. That's going to be a lot. So you just said the West, just the West. The West. Let's see. Um, Alabama right now, they're the they're the big boys in the block. Got to go with Black Flag, probably the biggest, baddest punk band of all time. I was going to say Green um, Day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Clearly Green Day. Um, LSU um, used to be uh, – Used to be up there, but then has horribly imploded because everybody fucking actually everyone hates each other and like you know we've you know gone to infighting. Actually, that's black flag. Now that <laughs> I think about it, uh, I'm going to change us to black flag. I'll give uh, uh, I will kick them back, Alabama back, and say they are bad brains. We're going to go with uh, um, another one of the original, truly great bands that everybody just kind of worships. Um, Auburn, um, fuck Auburn. Um, so because of that, um, someone that everyone hates, um, even though I like them, everybody hates screeching weasel because Ben weasel is a gigantic asshole from all reports. So that would make Auburn screeching weasel just cause I think they're the most hated team around the conference. I yeah. think if you, you know, took a, po- took a poll, everyone, you know, hates Auburn. Um, A&M would be your cow punk cause you know, the Aggies for God's sake. So if we're going cow cow punk bands, um, I would probably go um, Arizona's own the Meat Puppets, um, very cow punky. Um, there's some country in there. Um, also, Nirvana covered a bunch of their songs on their live album. Um, you know that they're, they're unplugged. There's like three Meat Puppet songs on there. Um, so uh, let's see. I'm trying to run through these as quick as I can so I don't get totally bogged down. Arkansas. Um, tough, big, burly, just kind of, um, so we'll go with Danzig cause you know, Danzig can kick the crap out of anybody he wants. Um, let's see who else am I missing? Oh, the two Mississippi schools. Cause you know, they're pretty forgettable. Um, Ole Miss is kind of posh. You know, they have tailgates where you're not allowed to, um, <laughs> yeah, cook and stuff like that. They're kind of snooty and shit. So yeah, let's give them green day. Um, even though I don't think they're a bunch of fucking posers, they – well, this is a bunch of fucking posers, so I'll give them the poser <laughs> band. Um, and Mississippi State is solid, always really good. I mean not always really good, but they're just kind of – they're unremarkable. They're just like churning along, turning out, you know. So let's see. Who's just kind of a their punk band? Um I will say that they're Lagwagon. I've never met anyone who loves Lagwagon, or I've never met anyone who hates Lagwagon. They just exist. There you go. So there you go. There's my uh, – That's once again, I don't review questions in advance. So that is totally off the top of my head. In like five minutes, I'll kick myself because I'll be like, oh, this band was totally articles of faith. But that's – a long time ago, we were going to do some sort of uh, combo piece with photoshopping and albums or bands or something. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe an I off-season have, project. Yeah, it's an off-season thing. I still have the, the spreadsheet, so. All right. Uh, Christina Stevens, our uh, resident uniform reviewer, 
And other things. Christina's great. Um, yes. She wants to know why couldn't Florida have won those uniforms for homecoming? She's still mad about that. And of course she means those uniforms. I don't think there's, you know, yeah, they're hideous. Um, cause a, the world hates us. Cause I think it would have been great had Christina gotten to write about that, but also she got a second column out of that. So it worked out pretty well. It's true. It did well too. It was like the number one thing on our site that day. So, and, and so it's mainly because that's why Florida is embarrassed two straight weeks. Yeah, they took two L's from us. Bitches. Uh, okay, Brady Resch wants to know what score prediction for Saturday. Oh, we're bad. We don't do predictions, really. Not really. I think uh, Auburn by 10, does that sound where we're kind of coming from? Yeah, I'll say like Auburn 26-14, something like that. Yeah, I'll say 27-17 says 10-point game. Oh, loser talk. We're doing loser talk. It really it is loser talk, but uh, not that confident going into this one. No, nope, me either. Uh, Jacob Hibbert, who are our midseason offensive and defensive MVPs? Well, defense is clear. It's Devin White. Yeah, that's easy one. Uh, yeah, Devin White. He, he might even be the offensive MVP. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, offensive MVP, I think it's Daryl Williams. Um, he's just been the one guy you could rely on. You can make a case for DJ Chark. But I think Williams has really shown out in the first half of the year. Yeah, he's been our best offensive player, for sure. Most consistent, at least. I mean. Yeah. Uh, okay, Katie, the great Katie. Um, are the numbers 18 and 7 living up to their billing yet or no? I think she's being snarky, guys. Well, I think Christian Lockature totally has. I think he's been a great number 18. Uh, he's had a uh, he's had a sneaky good year. Um, look, eighteen's not supposed to be your most talented guy. It's supposed to be guy who plays with effort, and he's a guy who he played every snap against Florida as a defensive lineman. That's amazing. Yeah, he's um, he's, he's racking up huge tackle numbers, and I know that I, I mentioned this, and someone said he's jumping on the pile. I don't think he is. I think it's the other way around. I think he's holding guys up, and then the linebackers come and finish off the tackles. I think he has really kept things from becoming a disaster. He's been awesome. I mean, awesome for the player that he is. Um, if you would have told me like, this is, you know, this is the range of performance of, you know, Christian Lockature before the season, he's at like 90% of his range of projection. He's been, you know, the best version of himself. Um, Shark's been a little disappointing, but not very. I mean, he's he's been involved in the offense. He was the only wide receiver with a catch last weekend, so hard to complain too much about it. And I think a lot of his struggles are more because Etling has just been bad, not because he has. Yeah, I think Shark is playing as – yeah, I agree. I don't think Shark's not producing because of Shark. Uh, yeah. But that's I also sense. tweeted – preseason I said like if anyone thought he was going to live up to seven like I'm sorry he just he just never was going to be Peterson Matthew Fournette good yeah like, no, he no, just no, wasn't he, yeah the only guy on the team who truly could have worn seven was Darius Geis and he has not lived up to that so you know I'm glad he stuck with five yeah 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 he wanted to do his own thing. Yeah, he wanted- good good for him I like I like that uh, okay, Max Toscano, who wrote a good piece about our scheme and stuff, film study this week, so you should go read that. Uh, well, he asked us, we already talked about this, what do we think about the Elite 
thing. So uh, yeah, we already did it. So yeah, sorry, Max. Rewind, rewind. <laughs> Just go. <laughs> Listen again. Hit back a few minutes. Um, Crackles, I'm ans- I'm asking Crackles question because he's no longer a private user or whatever it is on Twitter. Uh, okay. He's apparently been asking questions for weeks, and I've never seen any of them because I don't follow him with the Sneaky Good account. So, ah, so I wasn't seeing would them. Yeah. And then he would tweet me and be like, "Why didn't you ask my question?" And I was like, "Dude, I did not get a question from you." <laughs> and so finally, he sent me a screen cap, and it showed his question right after I posted. Like, does anyone have a question? <laughs> and so I went back and looked at it, and I was like, and I sent him my screen cap. I was like, "Look, you're not there. I'm not lying." <laughs> that was a great mystery. Sorry, that was a stupid story. But uh, is is that why you guys are threatening to beat each other up? Is that oh the... yeah, that's actually his question. Okay. How long before uh, before I get TKO'd on Saturday? Because we're fighting on Saturday. Well, there will be no referees, so there will be no TKO. So that's yeah. a dumb question, Crackles. We waited all this time for that. I know that's why I'm going to fuck you up, Crackles. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, I don't know this guy. His handle is Coach Teddy, but his his name says Hey, I'm Thomas. So Teddy Thomas. Okay. He wants to know who wins in a, a fight, uh, Larry Culpepper or Adam. Well, clearly Larry Culpepper because old man strength. Adam's also. I think Larry Culpepper has more anger in him than Adam. Adam seems like a nice guy. Yeah, Adam is a nice guy. He he doesn't have the rage with him. I think Larry Culpepper has got years of bitterness just seething underneath all that. Adam replied to the question, he is I and I am he, and then he said perfectly symmetrical perfect I'm butchering the fuck out of this. Perfectly symmetrical violence never solved anything, which <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> the, the the costume's pretty great. Adam I don't know if he was gonna wear that to every home game, but No, that was a good costume. That, that was that was outstanding. I, I enjoyed his Larry Culpepper. Oh, <sighs> Let's see. So then someone says that I'm not going to get TKO'd. I'm going to get choked out. Russ Cole. That makes a little bit more sense. I will fight you too. I'll fight you too, Russ. <laughs> no refs. There's going to be no TKO. Let's. So a lot of, a lot of tweets about the fight here. Uh... Oh, so the first. This was the Nexus. Was uh, will the, will the podcast be up tomorrow? Which the answer is yes. It's been up the next day for like a month now. So yeah, you've been doing great on that. So so eat a round of applause for for Dan. He's he's been doing very well on the podcast this season. Eat a D, haters. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And then Crackle says that we are mortal enemies, and our children and our children's children will carry on this feud, and that's. Not true because I'm not going to allow you to have children after this weekend. <laughs> See, there we I like I like where this is going. <laughs> uh, okay, back to the real questions. Uh, Jacob Hibbard wants to know: Is this year that the SEC gets two playoff teams? Uh, that's a weird question considering the SEC has been so shit. Yeah, like I've been seeing this everywhere. Like this could be the year the SEC gets two playoff teams. I'm like, have you seen the SEC this year? <laughs> yeah. we, we have, have two good team. teams. We have two oh, good Georgia. teams. And they're going to play each other. Yeah, that's the, that sort of – yeah. Ugh. No, there is almost no chance the SEC gets two teams this year. I think this is the year that Alabama may not make the playoff because I think they could get beat by Georgia. Yeah, if they lose to Georgia, they're not making it. 
because their schedule's too crappy. Yeah. Well, that FSU win looks like dog shit now. So. Yeah, but to give them credit, they the quarterback was still healthy then. Yes. I mean, they're the ones who injured him. So don't don't stop my hate on Jimbo train, please. Okay, I, I agree. Like Jimbo, who now has a losing record in the last two years in the ACC. So, man, it's a shame we missed out on him. You have to, um, uh, you don't do this like I do, really. But you, I, maybe you do. I I tweeted a very obvious troll tweet on Saturday amongst my many like Florida tro- trolls. Uh, yeah, throwing out a bait about like Ogeron has as many wins as Herman and Jimbo combined, which is like <laughs> the stupidest thing. I mean, and I got so many retweets, but it's such a dumb, bad joke. And like, my favorite is just like the Texas guys or like the Florida State people that reply. They're like, "Yeah, lost to Troy. Fuck you." <laughs> like, if you didn't like, think that was a joke, then that's on you, man. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know how to explain this to you. Like, and also uh, a little peeking behind the curtain on this one. Um, basically our feuds all the time is because I'm an idiot and um, Dan will bait me and I'll rise to the challenge every fucking time and he knows I will because I am nothing if not predictable. <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically anytime we're fighting on the site, that's Dan fucking with me and he's winning. And I just want to <laughs> – uh, I, I saw someone uh, like Lauren Bagley. I don't think listens to the show but you know, friend of the site, Lauren – and uh, Brandon Larrabee were tweeting, and they were, and she was like, "Oh God, the ATF, ATVS guys are fighting again." And I, it made me laugh just because I was like, "I don't know, we've maybe had one actual fight, like real fight, yeah, uh, ever." And whatever. yeah, and everyone said their right. stories, and we moved on. You know, it wasn't yeah. that big of a deal. But like, we get after it. You know, we argue, but I part of that is like why I love our site is because we're not a fucking hive mind. We disagree. All three of uh, the main editors yeah. disagree that's, about that's, stuff. It, it's great. And yeah, and we don't take it personal. We we disagree with each other. We're just kind of like, oh, okay, well, we disagree. And but yes, I will. I normally will not bait you. You will bait me, and I will fall for it every fucking time because okay. I am Charlie. Brown. Yeah, you were Lucy with the foot, and I even know you're baiting me, and I'm just like, oh, I'm still falling for it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, God damn it. <laughs> but we're all also like stubborn in our points. So like yeah. all three of us are going to yeah. sit there and argue all day about our point of view. And, and that's exactly what happens. It's yeah. like, no, someone on the internet is wrong. It's very <laughs> X, XKD, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a weird thing. But I mean, I to me, I'm like usually having fun. Like it's fun to combat you and to debate things and see your perspective yeah. and like talk about it. I've never been like fucking poser. Like I'm so pissed at him right now. <laughs> Yeah, we're never like motherfucker. That guy's got a yeah, like, yeah. That's exactly that's exactly what it is. There was there was one time, yeah, that was a couple of years ago. We we're genuinely pissed at each other. We're like, all right, we better we better hatch this shit out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And by the way, it was not ODB Jarvis Landry. In case you're wondering, that no, was not what we were genuinely pissed at each other. I think that's like my original troll bait fight. Like that's the one I still go back to. Yeah, put a little penguin up there. And <laughs> Like someone's talking bad about Jarvis Landry, I better <laughs> <laughs> send up the alerts. Yeah, every fucking time. No, I am. Uh, okay, the Mets theory. Uh, since I'm assuming you've already fought over the QBs on air, yeah, we didn't really we did. fight about it, but we talked about <laughs> it. Um, what's your favorite alternate LSU uniform? You know, I'm not a big uniform guy. I know a lot of guys are, but yeah, you don't get too into it. 
it's it's just not a thing for me. Um, I like the all whites, but you know, I don't. I don't go crazy over it. I know Podcat does. That's definitely one of his things. Yeah, and Adam Adam gets real excited about the uniforms. Yeah, I don't care. I'll be honest. You know, I like that we wear white at home. Yeah, that's the, the Christina Stevens official rule, I think, is to stick with the classics. Um, yeah, like, I like to like do something. Do you have a favorite uniform? I mean, just... Those ones we wore against South Carolina were really cool. Um, okay. T-Bob replied yes. and said, I mean, two, he was on these teams, but Arkansas 2009 with the gold helmets and all whites. Those were, yeah, those were sweet just because of when Chad Jones knocked the guy out. So. <laughs> yeah. And then nice. Auburn 2011. Is that the purpose? I, I don't even remember what that was. Like, yeah. Like, I'm so bad with the uniforms. Like, you can tell me a game. I remember the Chad Jones one because I remember just him knocking him out. I don't yeah. remember because of the uniform. I remember the, the Chad Jones hit. But, yeah. I agree. That's what I it, remember. Oh, yeah. Uh, 2011 Auburn, we wore white helmets. Oh, because that's Brandon LaFell uh, uh, knocking the, the guy out. Yeah, you got the uh, purple and gold shoulder stripes, white jersey, purple numbers. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, it, it, yeah, that's that's the Brandon LaFell hit. I got that. No, I'm I'm in now. Okay, there's only a couple more here. Um, John Desonay, horrible. Sorry, John. Uh, which <laughs> element of the game would you most like to see go our way this week? Passing game, running game, special teams, D line. I want all elements to go our way. <laughs> Same here, but I think the passing game yeah. is the on both ends. I think we need to contain their passing game because I've kind of given up on containing their running game. And I want to see our passing game just do something. It's We've got to get more out of our pass game. I agree. I'm with you on that one. Uh, Jacob Hibbert again. Thoughts on Zaxby's? I've never been to Zaxby's. Yeah, neither have I. I grew up in Maryland, and they don't have Zaxby's there. Yeah, but I went to LSU. You go to Zaxby's when there's Popeyes. And then I went to LSU, and they didn't have a Zaxby's when I was in school. I don't know if they have one now, but there wasn't Zaxby's then. And I live in Texas, and we don't have Zaxby's. So I have no opinion. On Zaxby's, but Popeyes is delicious, and it can't be as good as Popeyes. I swear, there's a Zaxby's over in. Uh, I mean, it's nearish you, but it's not. Is there? It's not in care. I feel like there is, but I could be making that up. I mean, we we now have raising canes here, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, canes is great. But, but even then, like I have the option between raising canes and Popeyes. Probably gonna go to Popeyes, and they have Bush's chicken. If the chicken finger thing. I, I'm I'm going to admit a little bit of loyalty towards Bush's chicken because I have kids, and I don't know what that Bush's is. Bush's is better at you know serving you 16 pieces and stuff like that of chicken uh, fingers, while Cane's is better for just the single serving. You just get the box. Yeah. So that you know, even though I think Cane's is better, I think Bush's works better for you know buying, you know buying in bulk. <laughs> Uh, okay, Jacob again asks about if if the coaches want to start Brennan, but they're too risk averse. We we touched on that. We, we yeah, we kind of talked about that. Uh, I think it's a decent risk. I don't think it's too risk averse. I think it's risk aware. Okay, and then we have two from Vinny. Which damn Vinny, these are long as shit. I don't know if Vinny got the two hundred eighty characters or what, but. Uh, he says, do I volunteer to help at a kid's rugby practice or watch the game Saturday? Kids are dumb. LSU football is also currently dumb. 
Alcohol may be required to get through both scenarios. Thoughts? <laughs> um, I will say this as a parent. Um, if you have something to do for your family, you should do that instead of LSU football. Do not be a dick. <laughs> like, I mean, you try and work your life around LSU football if you can, but there are certain times that you, ha- you know, you just got to do stuff. Um, it's actually a little poser's uh, birthday this weekend. Actually, it's his party, not his actual birthday. Ooh. What's and, the theme? Um, it's going to be trucks and tr- you know, it's good trucks and construction equipment. Hell yeah! So, yeah, so I got him an awesome steel Tonka truck that's uh, a just massive. And it's a toy. Uh, it's a bulldozer. My mom got him a big dump truck. I'm really excited about the whole thing. But we're having a birthday party from eleven to one on Saturday, which is, by the way, if you have uh, little kids. Um, the two hour birthday party right around lunch is like the greatest thing ever. Cause people will leave at one when you have, when you put it on the invitation. And then secondly, like then the kids just are wired up on sugar and go straight to bed and they sleep for like four hours afterwards. So I'll be able to watch the LSU game in peace. Um, so I actually planned his birthday party against LSU football, but that all said, had it not worked out and that we had to get something where it crossed over the LSU game, you do that. So if you have like a family obligation that says that you have to coach rugby, I know Vinny's big into rugby. If you have that kind of obligation to do, yeah, do that. Uh, you know, you can, you can record the game. It is okay. I don't think there are. Still don't get married. I, I don't know 100%. I don't think they're even Vinny's kids. I think he's just helping to help some kids play rugby. Yeah. He's a he's nice a, guy. He's a big rugby guy. And he's got a, you know, he, he wants to support the game. So if that's the thing you do, don't let a sporting event that other people are playing run your life. It's true. You know, have some perspective. Vinny, the uh, Dave Aranda extension of our readers. I think he went to Cal Lutheran when Dave Aranda was there or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, Vinny, last question. Uh, assemble your own Scooby-Doo-style mystery-solving team solely with FBS coaches, complete with a mascot to be Scooby. Um, and you can't have Bill Snyder because Bill Snyder, old man Snyder will be the guy under the mask 100% of the time. <laughs> I didn't read that question <laughs> before, so that, that made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's, that's clearly right. Okay, uh, so putting together the mystery machine. Um, well, first off, everybody hates Fred because Fred sucks. <laughs> so what you need with Fred is somebody who has the most punchable face in college football, which is neck and neck between Kiffin and Petrino. I'll let you break the tie on that one. Uh, let's go with Kiffin just because okay. Petrino has, is really detestable. Okay, so Fred will be you know is Kiffin because a good punchable face. Yeah. Um, then Daphne um, is the hot one, so it's the one that everybody desires. Um, so that'd be the, the hot shot that every program is currently drooling over. Uh, I think that would be PJ Fleck right now. Yeah. I got Tom um, Herman's time passed. Yeah, Tom Herman. Yeah, look, it's you got to strike while the iron's hot. It would, last year would have been Herman. Now it's PJ Fleck. Times change. Um, Velma. Of course, is the smart one who actually solves all the mysteries, and is the only one who truly matters. And that's why it has to be Nick Saban because he's the best coach in college football. So he gets to be Velma. Um, Shaggy, um, 
Zoinks! Um, lovable goof, but Dabo? also competent. Secretly competent. He tends to solve a lot of mysteries. Uh, mysteries. You know, kind of falls into it. Uh, but still, everybody kind of likes him because he's kind of folksy and weird. Uh, so to me, that seems like Dave Sweeney. It would have yeah. been less miles had he still been coaching. But now it's Dave And then uh, Scooby, um, beloved, um, one of the greatest mask, uh, one of the greatest characters in English literature, according to Eddie Izzard. Uh, <laughs> so you have to go with a mascot that everybody loves. Uh, that's just kind of fun and goofy. Um, Uga's too obvious. So instead, I, I want there to be a little bit more goofiness to it. So I'm going to go with Ralphie the Buffalo. That was my thought. Nice. So R- Ralphie the Buffalo is our Scooby. Yeah, I like it. That's a great <laughs> mascot. By the way, that's the best question we have ever received. It really is. <laughs> Vinny, Vinny pretty consistently delivers with Vinny, questions. More questions like that. That was outstanding. That's the best question we've ever gotten. That's it. That's uh, – uh, our uh, third straight week of fighting to the death, I guess. Yeah, and there were no survivors. <laughs> now, look, look, I'm happy we beat Florida. Basically, this week is a tread water week. It's don't ruin the good vibes from last week. You don't have to win, but you, you can't get blown out. Yeah, absolutely. Play hard. You know, carry over last week's effort. Try to pick up on the execution parts a little bit. And you, you might find yourself in a good position in the fourth quarter on Saturday. Yeah. If you're in a position to win, it'd be nice to win this one because, you know, fuck Auburn. <laughs>